Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. Keep listening to find out why you need to give up on the pursuit for perfection. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back and welcome to another little special series for March 2020. And given March contains the very important International Women's Day, this month's authors are all female. So I've been stockpiling a couple of my favourite female authored books over the last few months, ready to do this special little series. Uh, And this book was actually one I read quite recently and it was very kindly gifted to me by Lynn Kazaley. Now Lynn and I both work and live in Melbourne. We actually operate in kind of semi-similar circles, but seem to have always missed each other. Turns out we actually also live just around the corner from each other as well. And she very kindly gifted me this book a few weeks ago. Now, what was also quite good is that I read this book just after I'd been reviewing the notes and the uh, that were going back over the Good to Great book and Built to Last books by Jim Collins, which obviously are all about that strive for, for greatness and for continuous improvement and for getting better. Uh, and so I thought that was kind of funny, given that then I was reading this book about, you know, being good enough and not chasing perfection. Now, those ideas don't completely contrast and go against each other. But what was also quite interesting is what the reaction was in myself that I noticed when reading Ish, this book, because I'm definitely a bit of a recovering perfectionist and I recognised a lot of my past self in the book also a little bit of my current self in certain areas although definitely like I said recovered or recovering in many ways but I also recognize some other people that I know love live with I mean um, something else some other people that I know and how perfectionism can drive you to destruction and we've all been there and we probably all have things in our lives I know I certainly still do where good enough is a really hard thing to admit to never mind to actually put into practice certainly never mind talking about and being like oh no I'm okay with that I'm okay with good enough and feeling that that judgment of others or of yourself on those mortal words I also really like the name of the book Ish because it reminds me of the album Gish by one of my favorite bands Smashing Pumpkins any other Pumpkins fans out there hopefully you'll uh, you'll enjoy that little reference to that epic album as well anyway Without further ado, let's go into a little bit about the author. Lynn Kazaley helps individuals, teams and organisations transition to new ways of thinking and working. Lynn is an international keynote speaker, author and a master facilitator. She is the author of six books. She's also an experienced radio broadcaster, presenter and producer, having presented more than 10,000 hours on air. Her background is as a communication specialist, having lectured in undergrad and postgrad programmes in several of Australia's universities and consulting to different industries, sectors and fields on engagement, communication and change. Lynn can help you think better, make sense of information and handle the realities of information overload with her clever hacks and ingenious processes, tools and methods. She's a cognitive load coping expert. Lynn is also an experienced board director and chair and an avgeek, that's hashtag avgeek, loving everything aviation and air traffic control related. Very interesting. I've put a link to Lynn's website in the podcast show notes, but that's lynnkazaley.com.au. The thing I really like about following Lynn on Instagram and on LinkedIn is her visual facilitation stuff that she does. She's also a great visual facilitator and shares a lot of her wisdom and also just shares a lot of her thought leadership and her ideas in a really visual way, which as someone who also dabbles in that field, I particularly love. 
A little bit about the book though. It's natural to want to do well, at work, in study, in life, to do our best. But what happens when striving for the best becomes something more, like the pursuit of perfection? Perfectionism is on the rise and it has dire consequences for how we think and feel about ourselves and others, how we think, live and work. Perfectionism has been seen to cause overthinking, overworking, burnout, sleeplessness and mental health problems like depression and anxiety. So we can't keep going like this. But what's the alternative if it's not perfect? Lynn Kazaley uncovers how to think, work and achieve in clever ways adapted from the productive and creative worlds of software development and improvisation. How do they get things done? How do they put their ideas out there? And what can we learn from them? Excellence, quality and continuous improvement are important, but the pursuit of perfection, not so much. Here's a helpful alternative that guides you to making great progress and achieving what you want in life. And again, that's from Lynn's website, lynnkazaley.com.au. There's a link in the show notes to find out a little bit more about Lynn and also about the book, so you can head over there to have a look at that. And if there's a quote that sums it up, or sums this book up, I'd say it's this, since despite our search for perfectionism, we never feel perfect. Which is a bit of a sad, sorry state of affairs, isn't it? And anyone who has dabbled in the world of perfectionism, either in themselves, in their lives, in their work, or anything in between, you will know that feeling well. As usual, I've picked my four favourite quotes from the book, and those are available on the website as little images that you can tweet or pin or share on your social media. I also share those on Instagram as well, so if you want to do a little repost of those, you can find those by giving me a follow and sharing throughout the week. So the three big ideas I took from the book Ish by Lynn Kazaley are this. Number one, nothing is perfect. Now, if I was going to give one big idea, it would probably be this. But this is the fundamental of the book. And even Stephen Hawking says that this is the case, that perfectionism is just not possible. And without imperfection, none of us would exist. We are all wholly imperfect. And so our pursuit of it is a problem because nothing can be perfect. It causes frustration. It causes procrastination. Hands up who has procrastinated on something. Maybe you're currently procrastinating on something right now and listening to this podcast. Hey, happy to help your procrastination. Because they're looking for the perfect thing, because they're waiting to start, because they're waiting for something to be right. It also causes fractured relationships. How many people have you fallen out with or had some some beef with at work because either of your own perfectionism or their own and that that gap in the middle? It's also never ending. Because perfection doesn't exist, we constantly pursue it and we keep going because it doesn't exist. So it is never ending by its very nature. It's also a vicious cycle. So we pursue, we pursue that idea of perfection, which doesn't exist. We then hit the reality. It's not perfect. I can't be perfect. We then perceive that we are failing in some way and then we berate ourselves. And then we start again. We start to pursue something else or the next iteration of perfection and around and around we go. We also waste a lot of time and effort and the law of diminishing return shows us that after a certain point, our effort is wasted because we're not actually gaining much more for the amount of effort we're putting in. This is something that rung pretty true for me and I found that last year I was in the habit, and I probably still am to an extent, but slightly, slightly better. Last year I was certainly in the habit of working Most days I was working pretty much every day. But when I kind of got towards the end of the year or sometimes just got towards the end of the week or the end of the month, I thought, did my output really match the input? 
Now, I'm not against working hard, but I think there is a call sometimes to but we fall into the habit of thinking that more, or by putting more input in and more hours in something, we're going to get more out. But as we know, there is a point where that does not ring true. There's some interesting research that Lynn shares in the book too around socially prescribed perfectionism. And I'll talk about the different styles or the different types of perfectionism in the next big idea. But socially prescribed perfectionism, which is where you think other people have a really high opinion or high expectations of you, had gone up and had increased by 33% between 1989 and 2016, which shows us this is a rising problem and particularly on how we think other people view us and what their expectations are of us. And probably I'd imagine there is a link to things like social media. We see a lot more of other people's lives. Well, let me rephrase that. We see a view or a an insight to people's lives which isn't necessarily full or true or whole so we make up the stories in in the middle we make up those gaps and it's also addictive there is a thrill of the chase with perfectionism that little bit more that little bit extra those few more hours that we can put in and maybe take a bit of status away from that keeps us pursuing this idea of perfection Now, as someone who a few years ago fell into this bit of a perfectionist cycle when it came to food and diet and exercise and body image, this rang uncomfortably close to home in terms of that addiction or that's uh, the waste of time and effort between the input you're doing or the things you're thinking about and the amount of worry you have on some of these topics that we strive for perfectionism on and the impact on on our lives and our social lives and our relationships. So this is something that definitely spans the spectrum of life from, you know, like I said, diet and exercise in, in that case where I, that I experienced through to just getting that document perfect before sending it off to the client or getting that presentation absolutely just so before we stand up in front of the group. So that was big idea number one, nothing is perfect. Big idea number two is perfectionism comes in different looks. Lynn talks about some research by Thomas Curran and Andrew Hill, and they suggest that there's three flavours to perfectionism, which I quite like the idea of. Number one is self-oriented, so it's where you hold yourself to very high standards. Number two is the one I mentioned in, in Big Idea Number One, around socially prescribed, so this really high idea of what we think other people, or the expectation that we think other people hold us to. And then the third one is other oriented perfectionism where we hold other people to incredibly high standards. Now, I definitely have fallen into that first one. I think that's probably the one that I have um, sampled the delicious flavor of, self-oriented flavor perfectionism the most in terms of holding myself to really high standards. Probably had an element of the socially prescribed one at times as well with certain different things. I don't think I've necessarily fallen into the other oriented one, but you'll probably find that you are weighted potentially between you know maybe across all of them a little bit but probably more in in one or two than than another or the others so the question really remains or comes up around what are we afraid of if we let something be good enough and good enough doesn't mean not good it means good enough it's fit for purpose it will do the job it will get things done and whatever it needs to do but what are we afraid of so are we looking to show how clever we are Are we looking to show that we care? And this is our way of showing care. Is it a way of hiding the mess of you? So by coming across as perfect or looking to strive for perfect, are you trying to hide what's really going on? Are you hoping people will envy you rather than you just envying other people all the time? 
Are you trying to prove someone wrong? Or are you just simply trying to be seen? And when you look at those, those different reasons for people pursuing perfection, and again, they can come and start from different points in time. Maybe you're told something as a child. Maybe it's something that you learned, uh, what is it, learned behavior through work. There'll be various different reasons why you start to pursue perfectionism in certain parts of your life. But they're all quite sad when you read what we're actually trying to, what we're all trying to experience. Because we're trying to get a need met that's quite a human need. So what are you hoping for? And if you're listening thinking, yeah, I definitely have a bit of perfectionism, what is it that you're hoping for? What are you what equally are you afraid of happening if you're not perfect or if that particular thing is not perfect? So what does yours look like? So that's big idea number two. Perfectionism comes in different looks. And big idea number three, which is really the the whole purpose of the book, is that ish is the answer. This is the transition from not good enough to good enough. It's deciding when to stop. It's deciding when to stop and say, enough is enough, this is good enough. Now there are some clear things that Lynn lays out around ish or good enough has to be acceptable, it has to be feasible, and it has to be doable. So for example, if you are an airline pilot or if you are a brain surgeon, be good enough doesn't really apply to you when it comes to the quality of your work or making sure that that landing gear does come down at the right time. There are some things that clearly we shouldn't be applying good enough to. So that's why it's good or it's important to make sure that you do the acceptability, the feasibility and the doability check on the item that you want to apply the ish rule to. And in the book, Lynn has got some good tables where you can have a look at it and start to plot in a task or a project that you're doing or in different elements of your life, what the thing is, what the task is, what the activity is, and whether it's doable, feasible and acceptable or acceptable to apply ish or good enough to those particular things. Now, once you've put that filter over it, you can also apply it to your mindset. So being able to actually accept that good enough is an acceptable approach. You can apply it to the quality of something. Now again, obviously if you're doing something particularly dangerous or high stakes, probably not on your quality. You can also do it to your activities. So Lynn shares in the book, and I've certainly got friends like this, who can't possibly sit down and enjoy watching a bit of TV or a bit of Netflix of an evening if they haven't done the dishes. Now those friends are basically never allowed around my house because they would probably never be friends with me anymore. But There are those things where you can actually apply ish or good enough to activities, but maybe there are certain activities that you are undoing yourself, trying to do, trying to fit into a day on the assumption that they need to be done. And the dishes, I think, is an excellent example of just that. You can also apply it to time. So it's the fourth one. So mindset, quality, activities or time. And with time, you can stretch your deadlines and challenge whether something does need to be done by a certain time or a certain date, or if that can be close enough. The important thing is to define done. What does done really mean? And what does good enough done mean? It's so important to to get the communications and the expectation setting done to avoid any conflicts in that gap between what someone else thinks is done and what you think is done, particularly if you're taking a different mindset approach to this. And it must be intentional, otherwise you'll just carry on as you are. You really have to stop and challenge yourself and go, okay, 
when is enough enough? When will I know enough is enough? What are the signs that good enough is good enough and that I am done? But the important point is to just start. Don't wait until something is done or something else is finished or someone else is ready. You've just got to get going. And that's a good way of stopping perfectionism too, is to just start things. And in the book, Lynn has an example, and I've certainly fallen into this before, where someone can't get a website up and going because they're like, oh, I need to have my perfect profile photos done. And then I need to get the website copy written by a copywriter. And then I have to design my color schemes. No, you just have to start. Just get an imperfect website up in that example. This is also an awesome way that you can experiment and test yourself. And this is where Lynn brings a lot more of the software development and agile methodology or type mindset into the book around experimenting. Try different things. Try leaving the dishes for an extra 24 hours and see what happens. I don't think environmental services are going to turn up at your house. And you can test yourself. Test yourself and you, again, you can start small with these experiments. You can try it with a safer project or a safer task that you could hold off or you could postpone or you could do it slower you could do it to a different standard of quality and see what happens and get other people to help you with all of these things it's always good to have a bit of a support network who can help hold you accountable and on a similar note allow others to be ish where are you holding other people to incredibly high standards when actually good enough will be good enough and that might be friends family members children parents partners or your colleagues your team those around you so have a think about Where are you eternally frustrated? And where could you maybe let go of a few things and let people be good enough? So that's big idea number three, ish is the answer. So a quick recap of the three big ideas I took from the book Ish by Lynn Kazali. Number one, nothing is perfect. Number two, perfectionism comes in different looks. And number three, ish is the answer. Now I realise even just talking about some of this stuff and hearing it will make some of you recoil. In some ways a little old part of me has not quite died and inside me is going, oh no Steph what are you doing? You're encouraging people to be poor and give poor quality things. But that's not the case. This is about getting more bang for your buck. It's about using your time more wisely and about fundamentally letting go a little bit and and decreasing your own and probably everyone else around you stress at the same time. So this is your challenge over the next few weeks is to embrace a little bit of ish. You can grab a copy of the book either from Lynn's website or my little book depository link that is in the show notes and see if you can read it quicker than me. No, I'm only joking. But have a read, see if there's some things in there that you could try and let me know how you go. As usual, contact details are in the show notes. I'd love to hear from you. Have you embraced ish or are you still riding that perfectionist train to nowhere? Look forward to hearing from you. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading.